1: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Rick and Morty. My name is Jimmy, and at work we named a seagull Brutus because he picks up clams and crabs and brutally smashes them from 100 feet in the air. I call what he drops them Caesar because I say et tu brute, then fall Caesar in my head.
2: My name is Jeff, and at 17, I stole my mom's car to drive to an anti-fly concert just over the New York border. When I called her eight hours later to tell her we got there safe, she asked what took so long. I told her it takes a while to drive to Buffalo, which is just over the New York border from Canada.
0: (laughs) My name's Dan, and I'm starting to like pop music. Oh. Like, what? (laughs) Okay explain yourself sir I mean You got me into Tegan and Sarah Yeah I like this band called Haim They're sort of poppy Mm. Uh, I I don't know Bleachers I mean so I've been towing the line of like pop music That's not super mainstream And then this weird thing happened I oh, started no. to realize that
2: Lady Gaga is pretty talented. She
1: is talented, but I don't know if her music is any exactly. good. Exactly.
2: If you want talented Lady Gaga, just listen to the Tony Bennett album and nothing else. And I started to realize that I like Madonna a lot. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> you, you've you always like kind of been into her. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I like pop music. All right, man. Wow. I thought the Seagull Brutus thing was going to be what we're talking about, yeah, but so here <laughs> we are. No, 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 no. I mean, you asked me. No, but like mainstream stuff? Like, are, some of it. Like what? What other pop songs? Th- I don't hate the new Taylor Swift album. Oh, Oh, boy. wow. That's, it's really not. It's got some God, stuff on it. Eh. I'm I'm made to listen to a lot of it, and well, it's, so am I. I live with my niece and my sister who are into a lot of these female pop artists, and like a lot of it's bad, but some of it I'm like okay. So it's like better than let's say Britney Spears in the early two thousands, right. right? But it's not like good, especially not this album.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I heard this album from a f- from a friend who's a pretty big Taylor Swift fan, saying that it's not one of her best.
2: I liked her performance on SNL. Oh, I. D- well, Lindsay must have watched it, so I must have watched it. Yeah, I did watch <laughs> it. The one where she's at the piano singing Lover, it's not bad. Some Ariana Grande's not that bad. I watched Billie Eilish on SNL and I liked the performance with the spinning thing. Yeah. But that that kind of pop music is weird because people are like, wow, it's like so different and new. It's, it's not. It's not. No, it's, it's just well like, done, though. It's no, well done it, for that it, genre. It's well produced. Her brother's a good producer, but like you know this kind of music has kind of been around and it's kind of weaker compared to other types but like it's just not been on the radio so it's just it's just new to the mainstream yeah but I don't... but anyways I don't know, man. So
1: you yeah. want to hear about Brutus? Do you? Yeah, let's yeah. hear about <laughs> Brutus. The... So what does he do? He he. So basically, we called him Brutus originally because he looks like a big-ass buff like seagull. Like, seagulls because... are
2: bigger than people think.
1: Yeah, so he walks, because we have a ledge on our window. I, I work for literally right next to like three big-ass windows, and he likes to walk occasionally on that. And it's the same seagull, huh? Yeah, I'm fairly certain that it's the same one because he gets scared off by other seagulls, so I'm assuming he is the beta as opposed to the alphas. Wow. For so being a big, a seagull? big Buff. What? Yeah. I do yeah. like, so basically what he does, because I work like pretty much right on the shore. Um, so he likes to pick up clams and crabs and then fly them up and then smash them. And he um, drops them to
0: the ground. That's yes. what eagles do to goats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's cool. what he does in order to open them up, basically. But um, he did this once with a crab. And we're fairly certain he got scarred because the crab did not die on the first smash. <laughs> it was pretty funny to see because we just watch him because it's funny to watch.
0: So wait, let me get this. He picks him up at the sea. Yes. Flies up really high. Yes. Drops them to the ground. Yes. Then swoops down and eats the remains? Yes.
1: Okay. That's basically what happens. But the crab did not die and did snap at Brutus. <laughs> which was funny to watch.
0: So now does he have like a tough scar on one of his eyes? Is it character I have not defining it. scar?
1: I have not seen the scar, but I'm assuming it's there probably. Mm-hmm. Ah. He hasn't been on the ledge in quite a while. But we have, like, little shells that are on the ledge right now because he smashed them up there, too. Cool. It's pretty funny. So, yeah, I like to say it's you brute, then fall Caesar every time you drop something.
0: <laughs> so, Jeff. Right, Yeah. Do we have any reviews this week?
2: We do have a review that I got on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you could follow me at Large Hard on Collider. I had posted a story about an upcoming episode at the time, which was Record Roundtable. And um, I got a message from Miranda and she said, looking forward to this myself, as I've listened to a few songs by City and Color, but haven't made the leap to listen to all songs, albums. Um, then she asked if uh, she was curious if we play any MMORPGs, which I don't think we do. Jimmy, do you?
1: No, I don't. They are very daunting.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if we'll be doing that. I know Jimmy mentioned Last of Us. We might be doing video games coming up. It's kind of a weird thing to do on this podcast. Yeah, it's
1: kind of a hard at. Hard, hard thing to do but I'd love to do it But yeah games. we've
2: been wanting to like we did magic that was still a little difficult yeah. but then uh, her actual review was love the podcast and the dialogue that it initiates. I had no interest in watching Queer Eye until hearing you guys talk it out. I listen on Spotify and can't leave a review on there but keep up the great work. You guys are hilarious and informative. I just found out about the podcast so I'm just on the first few episodes but I can't wait to finally listen to the Deadwood one since I've had the series downloaded for months but haven't actually undertaken it yet. That was very nice. And yeah, like you can't leave reviews on Spotify. Um, You can on Stitcher. Like one person has uh, Apple Podcasts. But if you don't have Apple Podcasts, just hit us up. Social media. Send us an email. It's funny that you say that. Talkmeto at
0: gmail.com. Because we did get an email from our friend Adam. Right, which I was saving for next episode. But we're going to say it now. Okay. Because it coincides with what I have been noticing about myself that I like pop music okay <laughs> so Adam says I remember being on the bus coming back from New York City and having Jeff cackle at me for listening to Santa Gold now here it is the year 2019 of the common era and Jeff is recommending Tegan and Sarah not the early stuff either but the post sainthood dance pop that I hate <laughs> Well since you're all listening to pop now, I recommend giving <laughs> Santa Gold a listen, especially her Masters of Make Believe release. X's and O's Hugs and Kisses Forever, Ada, which I think he means his own name Adam, which he misspelled as ADA. I didn't see
1: that but that's even Okay, funny. Adam.
2: First of all, okay, it was Adam. a train. Okay, we don't take buses <laughs> to New York. We get on trains. And I vaguely remember that because Santa Gold was in a Lonely Island song and you're like, "I like her." And I was like, "You're dumb. Punk rock. Whatever, <laughs> man, and you know that was that was the old Jeff. We've grown, but also Saint Hoteagan and Sarah's good. North Shore is the song that got me into them in the first place. It's a good song, um, but yeah, you can going back to what I was saying. There's ways to get in touch with us, you know, social media. We're on Twitter at Talk Me Into Yeah. Personal. Instagram's like this one. She just saw a story, was interested in it, reached out, Uh, said some very kind things, and I'm glad that we're providing entertainment to people.
0: And you can email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com. Yes. If you feel so inclined. If you feel so inclined, fellas, okay. I'm not going to say okay, fellas. Thank you. Because this is only talking ourselves into. Right. You have to save it for like... Yeah. Save it for the glory. (laughs) So this week... I've been talking myself into watching MSNBC. Okay. Okay. Now, that was a legitimate reaction (laughs) from (laughs) the audience at large. So I don't know about Jimmy so much, but I know with Jeff, we're a little bit more politically minded than the majority of people in this country in that we know like the basics yeah, most people are like, "Oh, dumb! I don't care."
2: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't equate that to passion, though, because a lot I didn't of people—passion? No, I know. I'm just saying for the audience, a lot of people are passionate, but yeah. they don't know. They don't. No, I just yeah. say we're like slightly,
0: slightly above average. Yeah. So I, I try to keep informed by listening to NPR. You know, I'll check out some articles online. I'll see, you know, just what's going on in current events. But what I've started doing, um, because I actually like some of the hosts, is I'll leave MSNBC on my TV. While I'm like doing some things like folding laundry, doing homework, I'm going back to school and even just like getting dressed before work in the morning. Basically, like Food Network used to be what I would call my home channel, which means like Hmm. almost everything I watch is on DVR, but I would leave my TV program to the Food
1: Network. That's what I do, too.
0: And like whatever, like if I have nothing to watch, that's where it'll be. I'll see what's on there. Now it's MSNBC because no matter what programming they have on, unless it's like late at night on a weekend, it's usually just the same version of show, which is just like topical news with a different host mm-hmm. and sometimes different talking Yeah, but heads. how
2: long can you watch that before it just repeats 20, 30 minutes?
0: Yeah, but who's watching it for more than 20, 30 minutes of You, time? I don't know. No, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm getting at. Okay. I'm not really watching. The only thing that I actually watch regularly, like a whole episode of, is like the Rachel Maddow show because I really like her. I think she's funny and interesting and I like her take on things and like we got to stay on top of things by the Mm -hmm. time this airs we could be involved in a nuclear war or not have a president like anything (laughs) could happen in the next few weeks things are
2: weird probably nothing I mean we have been saying that for three years so like my whole thing now is nothing will change and nothing will happen right well that's what I'm saying but I mean like three years
0: is pretty small in the viewpoint of the history of this country so right Would you agree that within the last three years, things have been a lot more crazy than the previous 100 years?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just more clear. It's more open to the public because you have such a terrible gatekeeper. Uh, Maybe that's the wrong word because that term can be used for something else. You have such incompetent figurehead yeah you have and you have a level of incompetence which we've never seen at such a high level so more things are clear to the public whereas before this kind yeah, of things crazy were covered shit, up for the like, most part bad things happen all the time let's just say the last guy maybe was a little bit easier on the eyes to the public and didn't let it all out there i don't think he was as bad no absolutely not i'm just saying like bad stuff is always happening But right now, it's you just have the biggest narcissist of all time who is always right and never wrong. It sounds a lot like myself. Yeah. (laughs) No. um, King orange, baby. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't know. Anyways, we're not going to get political. (laughs) We just did. Uh, But watch MSNBC. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to get your news from somewhere, it's it's pretty good and it's entertaining. I, I can't I can't deal with cable news on either side. I just it aggravates me. I yeah,
1: like I don't that's, typically that's watch fine. the news. I get the articles from Twitter, usually.
0: I mean, but, that's that's
1: not always a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I
0: mean, it's from... Yeah, I get all the great websites.
2: Uh, Bar. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, Facebook Ayer told cross- me... Have you heard about this pizza place that Hillary Clinton was running? <laughs> oh Dude, Did you know? Messed up. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Anyways. I've been watching MSNBC. I like it. Shout out to Rachel Maddow. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's in the audience. Yeah, I mean... I wish she was single and heterosexual and wanted to be in a relationship with
2: me because I'd marry her tomorrow.
1: Jeff, what are you talking yourself into?
2: (laughs) Nothing. I am talking myself into not talking myself into things because a lot of times... There's always stuff going on, right? So some some things are big, right? Like I'm yeah. changing my life. I'm trying to be more festive throughout the years. I'm doing these big things. Going I'm to a dentist. New jobs, going to the dentist. <laughs> getting <out> my cavities <laughs> filled. But Wearing some socks. But a lot of these things are mundane, Ooh. like i got one shot of espresso and i made it an episode and like i don't know there's not much going on in my life we're recording four episodes today like i said the important stuff i said the mundane stuff there's nothing there i'm not gonna dig for something for you guys to listen to
0: i already know something that you haven't talked about that would be good for this segment what you're wearing a shirt right now that you often wear out in public with your wife in a matching variety. This is
2: the second time I've worn this shirt. What am I? I'm going to talk myself into wearing a shirt with a monkey print. No into wearing matching shirts with your wife. That's adorable. And not a lot of people do that. So the story behind this (laughs) shirt, which isn't a talk me into, by the way, it should be. It's just, I'm talking myself into wearing matching outfits, but I'm not, it was one thing we did. She never even wore it out yet. She bought me this shirt for my birthday because on our honeymoon, we went to the San Diego Zoo. We did other things, but that was one thing we did. And they had uh, mandrills there and they're kind of like baboons, but they got these big old bright butts and they're cute. And like, I love them. They're the best mammals alive. They're so great. And she saw this shirt at Old Navy and she's like, I'm buying that for his birthday. They had a large and a medium left and she didn't know what size I was. And I was like, bitch, you know, I'm big. <laughs> so she <laughs> bought both. And then she's like, should I return the medium? I was like, no, if you wear it, we should just keep both and be a weird couple and go do weird things in it. And she said, okay. So we took one selfie and matching shirts. I love it. I think you guys should wear matching shirts. all. The I think time. we should too. But like, I, I would definitely wear like her cute little pink shirts too. Just it's like dope. Orbs, big, fat, hairy body. <laughs> Nice. okay dan attack my i didn't well you. you're talking that was a cop-out jeff it wasn't a cop-out i gave reasons why I'm it not was talking a kevin into- smith directed cop-out <laughs> i don't want to talk about <laughs> kevin smith after our <laughs>
1: debacle Day. oh boy
2: spoiler well. alert jane's on about reboot Not so good <laughs> not not great jimmy
1: so this week i was uh actually talking myself into something, something? yeah yes um I was talking myself into catching up in comics, which wow, is Wow, that's daunting. daunting. Oh.
2: We're finishing each other's sandwiches.
1: <laughs> um, so I was very interested um since I started hearing that there's going to be a DC slash Watchmen crossover. Um, that was always interesting to me because um Watchmen was basically a one and done, like it's a 12-issue miniseries, basically. It's been since um uh, kind of like rebooted they did the uh, uh, before Watchmen stuff which was not great mixed yeah I remember yeah, some, some stuff was, was good
2: and some was nah, it was way yeah. too much
1: yeah um, so apparently there's going to be a DC Watchmen uh, crossover which is already happening it's already like halfway over I think um, so I was like you know I'm kind of interested in that but I have to catch up on a lot of comics in order to do that apparently I don't which is nice um I basically had to read two hardcovers um, in order to start reading this.
2: What did you have to read to lead so up to that? So
1: it was, um, it's called DC Rebirth, which was the first one. Um, which wh- you had to, put it to in read context to get
2: this crossover? Or?
1: Yeah, I believe it was important. To put it in
0: context for Jeff, because I know when Jeff stopped reading, this is like the end of the quote-unquote New
1: 52, 52 era. Oh, yeah, so, so they're rebooting again. Basically, Um what this basically was in order to get Wally West back into the main continuity, uh, because Wally West had not returned for the new 52.
2: I mean, all they had to do was just be like, here's Wally West.
1: So apparently That's he was <laughs> apparently he was stuck outside of the time vortex. It's one issue, so it's like, here's yeah. Wally West. Oh. Yeah, basically. Did you read it yet, Dan? No. Oh, okay. I let mean, Dan let borrow. borrow yeah. Um, but it was interesting, and uh, it's basically in order to get them into that. But at, sorry, this is kind of a spoiler, but oh, it's Jimmy. not really... Um, it's called the button at the very end. <laughs> the button. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what, never mind, because it's the comedian's button from watching. Oh, button. I thought about a different kind the of pin. Button. They should have called yeah. it the pin.
1: Yeah. So um at the very end of um it's not really a, a spoiler, but Batman finds the button in the Batcave. Um so in that issue, it's basically it's kind of like a time heist between uh with Batman and the Flash, um, doing some a multiverse heist right yeah kind of uh doing some uh i almost kind of look at this as a spiritual successor to flashpoint because they touch upon the alternate universe that they were in in flashpoint yeah um so yeah that was actually pretty good both of them were really good so now i just started the Watchmen crossover i only started it i didn't get that far into it but it's pretty good so far pretty good uh creative team is jeff johns and gary frank And uh, I like it.
2: Comics are both awesome and irritating at the same time. Yeah.
0: Well, it's this weird thing of the more you get into them, the worse they get because you start like buying more
2: and then being disappointed more. Yeah. Like you have some comics laid out you've talked about before, but you have some laid out and you have an issue of Wolverine Firebreak, which I know (laughs) I have because I've seen that. Covered before, I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. Me what the hell's Wolverine Firebreak? <laughs> and I, who the hell's buying that? I paid $4 for an issue called Wolverine Firebreak.
0: And the answer is nobody's buying it. It's been relisted on my eBay <laughs> thing like five times. Right now, I'm trying to sell it for 99 cents and no one wants it. Oh
1: boy. Yeah, that's but, pretty funny. Yeah,
0: I, to sort of piggyback on what Jimmy said, I almost talked about comics as well because weird thing happening with me is that in the process of getting rid of all my comics, I'm starting to want to read comics again. It's that thing of having <laughs> them in your hand
2: yeah. and being like, yeah. oh
0: yeah, what's this? and it's dangerous yeah i I had that feeling
2: with uh after watching the boys for the first time the series oh yeah um those that's one series i didn't sell when i got rid of my comics so i have a full series and i never finished it and i'm like oh Oh, i want to read this i just found all of it and put it in order too yeah Mm -hmm. i have all the mini series too and it's all
1: disorganized they just reprinted them all in like it's called like the boys omnibus yeah but jimmy
2: um, i got i got the dynamite issues of the first run okay like i I don't mess around i was i was a day one boys fan, okay? Okay?
1: I've always been interested in it. Jimmy, uh, okay? Okay. Okay. Never mind. We're done. (laughs) All right, fellows. (laughs) This week... I like that. Where'd you come up with that? I'm
0: Brian (laughs) Fellows.
1: (laughs) This week, we are doing a show that... um, I really like I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I really like it and I think it's really well done. It's my
2: favorite.
1: <laughs> it's called Rick and Morty. Um this show started back from uh 2005. Dan Harmon, who's kind of a bigger name, he has um he he's known for doing a community, which is a TV show that was on NBC back in the day. Um definitely has a cult following. People really like that show. Um but he had a uh a film festival called channel 101 it was basically like monthly people would submit to that so justin roiland was usually part of that and um one thing he was notable for was a a show called house of cosby's which is um <laughs> people uh this one dude accidentally cloned bill cosby and each of them comes out like more weird and messed up and like people very weird and more guard yeah
2: so you start out with a weird Rapist. piece of
1: shit <laughs> Well, this was before all the allegations, but uh, this is back from like 2005, 2006, I believe. But um, after that, he did a short called Doc and Marty, um, spelled weirdly because they didn't want to uh, infringe on any copyright. Um, So basically what that was is that uh, Justin Roiland had the idea of what if uh, Doc Brown was like a weird dude who... Basically, Dan just sitting there with his eyes closed. I'm soaking it in. Okay.
2: Yeah, we thought you fell asleep, so Jimmy, stop
1: talking. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh what if what if Doc Brown was like really this crazed scientist that uh like really like berated Marty? Um he had that kind of funny idea, so he made like an animated short about that. And from that, it basically spawned a partnership between Justin Royland and Dan Harmon. Because that, he submitted that to Dan Harmon's Film Festival, and I guess he really liked it. Um, so they made a show called Rick and Morty, which is basically that short, but he expanded it into a TV series. I did not know that. Yeah, so the more you know. Um, Weird, wacky stuff. Uh, those Doc and Marty shorts can be seen on YouTube. You can look them up if you want to. You don't have to. It's not, recommend, it's not necessary to watch um, what I'm going to have you guys watch. But this series is definitely... It takes weird and crazy out there, hard sci-fi ideas, and then crams them into a cute little package that anybody can enjoy, I would say. I like
2: sci-fi, and I like enjoyment.
1: Yeah, so I think Jeff is going to really like the sci-fi aspects of it and the comedy aspects of it. And, Dan, I think you'll appreciate both of those as well. Um, Because it's pretty irreverent, over-the-top comedy as well. Yes, it is. Um, uh, Rick is um, uh, Morty's grandfather. And he's basically like a crazed scientist. He's very cynical um, because he's literally seen the ends of the universe. Like, he doesn't have, like, any religion or anything. He basically just sees the world as, like, this bleak, dark place.
0: But he also has, like, some psychopathic tendencies. Like, he doesn't care if people get hurt and killed. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's not a good guy like Doc and
1: Marty, right? Well, yeah. He's kind of like an anti-hero, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he needs to do what he has to get done for his family, I, I would say. Which, Marty is his family. Um... But, yeah, it's definitely over-the-top, kind of crazy. Um, there are some aspects of the fan base that are a little cringeworthy. Um, I know that's oh boy. Ki- that's kind of gotten... Red
2: Letter Media Jr., here we go.
1: <laughs> I could sense it. I I understand why Dan had not taken part of that because of the fan base of the show. That's not actually the case. I thought that was. No. Okay. i will talk about talk... my
0: history with the show.
1: Okay. So, um there definitely is a negative culture towards the fan base of the show, which I totally get. I disassociate with the the fan base totally because a lot of them are like kind of just a holes for the most part. Um, I don't think it's geared to those kind of people. I think I understand why those kind of people would like it, but they kind of look up to the character, Rick, who's like this cynical asshole. Oh, so it's kind of like the people who are like Joker's a hero. Exactly. Okay. Um, That's pretty much where it comes down to. And, the creators have said like Rick Sanchez is not a person to be looking up to like he's literally just a character that drives the plot of the show, um, and like obviously it's an aspect of both of their like cynical natures they put that aspect into that character to like kind of get those tendencies tendencies out but um I wouldn't say it's geared to those kind of people you're supposed to be like rooting for Morty who's kind of like the lawfully good guy throughout the entire series mm. but um but yeah. Anyways, out of this controversy, uh, what are you guys' exposure to the show?
0: I have seen a few episodes on two different occasions. Okay. So a lot of people that I know like the show a lot. So the first time I tried watching it, I literally only watched like the first episode, I think. And um, it just didn't do much for me. And then a few years later, um, I forget who. People were just talking about it a lot more. And I was like, maybe I should give this more of a chance. So I watched like the first few episodes, and part of the problem for me was the presentation. It's a pretty short show. Mm-hmm. It's what like 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, twenty three minutes. And That's it,
2: a pretty standard anime yeah, and sitcom.
0: Yeah, but length. the problem is um, watching it on Hulu. I don't have the 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 better version of Hulu, mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel like sitting through all those ads. For a show that's like 25 minutes long mm. And it just didn't like blow me away Comedically So I, I never really gave it a big chance I think I think I watched maybe three episodes that time Okay So like this is a show that I've come back to As like wanting to like Because like I said it, I, I've heard that it does some really interesting things And like pushes mm-hmm. the ideas of animation and stuff Yeah Um so I'm open to it, but I, I have to go on record saying that I have not had a great history of trying to get into the show in the past. Okay. Maybe with the requirements we're setting forth as part of the podcast that mm-hmm. you're going to have us watch how many episodes? Six episodes. Maybe by forcing myself to watch six, I'll be sucked in in a way that I wasn't before. I hope
2: so. So that that's where I stand. Jeff, what, what's your experience? Almost identical. Um, I know that there's been a long break between seasons. Mm-hmm. And the last season wasn't out yet when I first saw it. So it was just two seasons at the time. Yeah. And I was just hanging out with some friends, like Dan said, probably the same exact friends. And they were like, We gotta watch Rick and Morty. Jeff, you never seen it. Oh my God. Let's watch this episode and this episode. And they're they put it on. I'm like, okay, this is fine, but they're howling at it like it's the funniest thing they've ever seen. I'm like, I, I get it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's fine. Maybe it was the environment I was in, like they were they were the people that not the exact people but they're the that's the type of thing where when you go to like see a comedian that's famous and the person next to you is like reciting the jokes yeah you're like this isn't a concert just let the yeah. man tell the jokes yeah um so maybe that just took me out of it and i also separately by myself years later went back to try to watch it by myself i forgot why i didn't um get continue. into it or continue um but it seems like something i should like especially my last job we had some rick and morty merchandise that i had to get familiar with when the last season came out like pickle rick was a huge thing yeah i don't know what it's about but i know he turns into a pickle Same. um there's a character named mr poopy butthole that's right
1: up my alley (laughs) Um,
2: don't know anything about mr poopy butthole but i want to get familiar with him
1: i'm not sure if you'll find him well this season, but uh maybe you talked into it
2: I think it's also because um, Crazy show animated shows Maybe like Family Guy Kind of wore me down over the years Mm. Like when it first came out I was at the age and I was like this is crazy this is so funny Like we would throw parties and watch it Like We would just sit down and just watch Family Guy, and over the years, it either got diluted or the humor stayed the same and I matured, or the humor went down and I didn't mature, Um, but somewhere we separated there, and I think just that history, in my head, I equate this kind of show to that, Mm. and I don't know if that's fair. Um,
1: Yeah, this definitely stands out, in my opinion, as a serialistic uh, animated television show. Um, I wouldn't say this is my favorite. My favorite is BoJack Horseman. We'll get to that. Don't worry about that. No, we'll be Yeah, but um, Rick and Morty is definitely up there. I think it's very well done, very well produced. Um, a lot of thought goes into it, especially the, with the writing. Um, Justin Roiland is a very specific type of humor. Um, he kind of uh, he he plays both Rick and Morty. Um, he has this sort of uh, speaking, I would say, that kind of like goes throughout the show and goes throughout all of his uh projects but he's like uh I'm, I'm gonna be talking uh about uh yeah that's, uh, me to into- me. that's that's
2: the thing i don't like the most i think yeah because even like i just mentioned family guy <laughs> but seth mcfarland does all the voices for that yeah. all the american dad shows all that yeah. and like you know that's his voice um and the rick and morty thing like the way that rick speaks is i don't know if it was a joke that they just kept going with but that part is the one thing i don't like Mm. so hopefully i could see through that
1: yeah it, it was definitely something that people had to get used to because it was it was new people wouldn't really do stuff like that sort of like how people really talk because people aren't going to be talking like a normal sitcom you know well i get it because he's
2: riffing on doc brown's you know his yeah, frenetic that energy well too, but yeah. there's like a stutter in there that i don't know if maybe he couldn't pull it off and it was like an accident and then they yeah. just went with it because it's weird or like it's throughout the kept entire it.
1: series that's through all of his yeah. Projects. I don't
2: know the origins of
1: it, but yeah, Dan, Dan's sure. getting
2: funky right now. He's dancing in a seat with his eyes closed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I I hope you guys like the show. I think that if you sit down and invest your time, and uh, I wouldn't say you don't have to put like your thought into it because it's not really a thought provoking show.
2: I love science fiction. I yeah. love cartoons. I love comedy. I should love this show.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I want, and to. we
2: love Back to the Future.
1: love back to the future think of basically like how you wanted like a back to the future animated tv show hey we
2: had one and it was perfect in its own way (laughs) jim it was it (laughs) it Um, wasn't didn't
0: you want the dog to be the main character
1: (laughs) um so yeah basically i hope you guys like it i think you guys will appreciate it more as you're looking at a at it with a critical eye i'm open to it So, yeah. So, if you haven't already, watch the first six episodes of Rick and Morty. They are available on streaming. Uh, Hulu, the application, the streaming application. Um, And uh, give that a watch. And if you want to, finish up the season. It's only 10 episodes a season, I believe. So, yeah. Do it up, guys. I hope you like it. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for the optimism.
2: morty is a cartoon that we watched over this last week it's an adult swim cartoon yeah it is which is like cartoon network but not
1: but it's at night you
2: guys know what it is time for adult. we're not, not going to explain to you what adult swim is it's, yeah it's been around for a couple decades okay fellas <laughs> you had to get i brought it in and there's still an okay fellas <laughs> Uh, We start out with season one, episode one with the very generic title pilot. Pilot. I feel like they copy that off of another show. Really? Yeah, I've seen that before. A lot of shows start out with the first episode. They call it pilot. It's very (laughs) weird. Yeah, I don't know. They hadn't. I guess I guess Rick was a pilot in this as it starts out with him piloting a UFO. Um, Well, I guess it's identified because we know what it is, but he's he's piloting some kind of spaceship and there's no explanation. And uh, first impressions on that is, I like that. I like how they don't set anything up. They just jump right into
1: the action. Yeah, you get their personalities right away. Rick is drunk and is about to destroy humanity, and Morty is trying to save the world. He
0: does say that he built the ship out of scraps from the garage, doesn't he? Yeah. I thought that was funny. It looks really crappy. It's like a flying saucer with car wheels.
2: Yeah, it is. He's just this really, really adept scientist, which is... I mean, you see the... The Doc and Marty comparison right away. Oh yeah, um, even from like the the lab coat and the hair. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just so it's like a fever dream. Back to the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, um, if you guys were talked into it, I should send you the uh, the clip from the original Doc and Marty short that was made because of Rick and Morty or before Rick and Morty. Mm.
2: And um, the the thing I don't like that's pretty early on. I think it's either right before or right after the credits is when they're eating breakfast. I don't like that. Rick is his grandpa. Right? Really? Cause like a, a lot of the weird stuff about back to the future. Like when,
1: mm-hmm.
2: when I first saw back to the future, I'm a kid. So you don't really connect the dots. Like I didn't, you don't realize that, Oh, they never explained this weird relationship.
1: Between- yeah. There was actually a pretty fun John will skit. I don't know if you've seen that, yeah. but uh, he's talking about how just this weird scientist kind of adopts this kid as like his partner.
2: Right, and this is a play on that, it's a parody of that, it's an homage to that, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the joke to me, Mm -hmm. how it's just like this weird crazy dude and this 14-year-old kid, but now he's like his grandpa? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, I didn't...
0: I like it more, he's like the weird drunk grandfather
2: yeah i mean it later on i guess it plays into some of the storylines it actually but, yeah. makes
0: it a little bit more believable
2: well yeah but that's a thing <laughs> like this is just a crazy cartoon why do you need to have it believable
0: because mm-hmm. like something happens in this first episode that never happened in three back to the futures movies which is that morty's father is like i don't want you going on these adventures yes. you're missing school
2: <laughs> yes yeah. that's, that's true too
0: uh so just like a basic basic plot outline um rick basically keeps taking morty on crazy drunken adventures throughout the multiverse and stuff space and time and morty's dad who is excellently voiced by Chris Parnell yeah, yeah he's a great voice actor he's so good um he's getting worried that it's distracting morty from his schoolwork um rick takes morty to universe 35C to gather mega tree seeds which, which- is a drug Yeah, I guess he says he needs them, but it's never really fully
2: fleshed out what he plans to do with them, which I think is really funny because it's like you have the doc and back to the future Mm -hmm. and he really wants to get Marty back to the future. Yeah, and that's like his whole purpose is to make sure that time doesn't unravel and to do the good thing. And then Rick over here is just. He's just jonesing for a fix, and he's using his grandson <laughs> to help him get it. Yeah. It, they don't come right out and say that he, it's a drug, right? I don't think I, so. You could ass- that's what I assumed. You can't assume. I assumed it the second it that definitely happened. had, like... He was tweaking the whole... So if you don't know that, like, his stuttering and speech pattern, and he's all, like, drooling and burping and stuff, um, I I assumed he was just trying to get high. I don't
0: know. He's drinking from a flask throughout the episode, but either way, it definitely has psychotropic... Uh, yes. effects because he forces Morty to stick the seeds deep up his butt to <laughs> smuggle them way up there Morty. yeah yeah to smuggle them out and um, they get in they have to go through like intergalactic customs or something and uh, it's just a fun scene where they get into a shootout I love the moment where the aliens are after them and Rick's like, just shoot at him, Morty. And he's like, I, I can't shoot at someone. I don't want to kill someone. And he's like, they're robots, Morty. They're just robots. And, like, immediately he shoots the leg off one of these, like, insectoid creatures. And he's like, oh, my God, my leg. I'm Harry's bleeding out. <laughs> I have a family.
1: Yeah, just the, the sense of humor in the show is very interesting and, like, very, like, existentially, like, nightmarish. It was funny. Uh, I love... Um, uh, before they get into the intergalactic customs they were being chased by this monster or whatever and then rick basically sees it and he was like i don't remember if he was like ah it's gonna be fine morty and then it starts chasing them he's like oh my god morty i have no idea what this thing is we're gonna die morty we're gonna die like he's like literally the smartest man in the universe and he's like just scared of this monster just because he's he knows that he has no idea what this is. We are going to die.
2: Mm. I like how he just murdered a high school kid, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just cool. He froze
0: someone in the high school, and then, like, um, Morty's sister comes up to him, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to talk to him. She has a crush
2: on him, and the frozen dude just, like, shatters. Yeah, like, I'm taking notes and taking this guy's name down, and 30 seconds later, he's dead, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to take detailed notes on this. Yeah.
0: And then, um, so basically, um... Rick and Morty make it back home, and um, what Jeff alluded to is we start to see the the effects of the mega seeds. Yeah. Um, Morty's dad is like, "Listen, you can't be taking Rick, you can't be taking Morty out on these adventures anymore." He's, they basically call him dumb. Like he, if anyone needs to stay in school, it's Morty, and they're like gonna send Rick to go live in an old folks' home, Mm -hmm. and then. Rick immediately is like, I told you school is was, school wasn't the way to learn. He's like, watch this. And he's like, Morty, what is the square root of blah, blah, blah. And, and Morty like goes like his eyes glaze over and he just like spouts off the answer. Mm-hmm. And then he asks him a few more questions. And, and Morty's parents are convinced that maybe he's actually learning with Rick and that he doesn't need school. So everything's going to continue on. And then they leave the scene and you find out that the mega seeds have given Morty like superior intelligence for a limited time. Mm hmm. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, in a few seconds, you're going to lose all mental capacity and like collapse and stuff like that. And
1: starting now. and <laughs> Yeah, he just drops. Yeah. I thought that was funny. I thought it's a good pilot because it, it basically sets everything up that the family is okay, basically, with Rick and Morty going on these these adventures.
0: Right. It sets up the world where this could actually exist. Mm-hmm. And it also answers like the questions as to like why would they allow this to happen? Yeah. Which... A show that's this absurd probably doesn't need to answer. hmm But it was still fun that they decided to do that in their pilot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of this episode I think uh Chris Parnell is just an underrated gem. <laughs> I, I think he had a really good line too of uh because he's worried that I think he visits Beth at the the horse hospital. Yeah, there's that's so funny too. And um uh, She's
0: like I'm performing open heart surgery And he's like
1: yeah but on a horse Yeah <laughs> but uh, he also sees his, Her uh, co-worker too is like this big Honky guy <laughs> he's like if I Ever catch you you two I'm gonna shoot my I'm gonna blow my brains out all over your Naked bodies I thought that was such a good Line
2: first impressions um, Thought a lot of the jokes are very Clever mm-hmm. very tightly written uh, a lot of fun stories going on because
1: there was like two or three stories in this one episode yeah there's a lot of episodes with A, a storylines and B storylines
2: uh, and I think all those good things are covered up by very annoying voice acting mm. I don't think the stuttering thing is funny because like it's the same guy doing all of the voices yeah. but every character he does has the same delivery I, I get that Rick does it because of who he is but even Marty's like oh, oh, oh no Rick oh no no i'm gonna slightly
0: disagree with you okay i do think that they both have like a weird um unorthodox manner of speaking but i do think it kind of works because like you said about rick he's like high drunk whatever crazy i think it works for morty because he's constantly in a state of panic and (laughs) dread yeah so it's a little different to me like with Rick, you get all the burps and, and well, then I could, and then stuff. my argument
2: could be the same way. I, I understand it for Morty, but not for Rick. I I don't. I understand it for well, both. Okay, well, even if you understand it for both, it's still annoying. It's I, still I didn't mind. Very it. annoying mm-hmm. to watch. There's moments
0: where I think it works better than others. Like um, I forget which episode it is. Oh, I think it's the end of episode four, um, which we'll get to. But basically, like Rick, w- which happens a couple times throughout these episodes, we see. He comes storming into Morty's room while Morty's asleep mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, and it's like very much like that. We got to go back, Marty. It's your kid. Something's got to, it's like that type of vibe where he's like yeah. intruding on Morty's mm-hmm. life. And, uh, I, I just think the whole stammering thing is funny there when he's just like clearly like drunk, drunk and has way too many thoughts to convey. And he's just like he just yeah. like blurts it all out and Morty's like asleep and doesn't know
1: what's going on <laughs> yeah I will say that is a Justin Royland's um like staple all of his voices kind of have that so that is something to take into well, consideration I hate it <laughs> but yeah i I understand
2: the next episode lawnmower dog mm-hmm. which was I've seen this episode before because I definitely remembered it yeah it's this is a two, big one it's two pretty distinct stories that mm-hmm. uh intertwine at the end one of them uh the house dog uh snuggles snuffles yeah yeah he he peed on a carpet and chris parnell's dad character doesn't like it so he asks rick if he can make him smarter mm-hmm. so he puts a little brain enhancing thing on the dog and it goes out of control and long story short dogs rise up and take over the world yeah basically and planet of the apes that's story a and story b is a really clever inception parody with the teacher uh mr goldenfold who we didn't talk about in the first episode but he let morty squeeze his man breasts and he enjoyed
1: it <laughs> yeah that was good
0: there's so much that happens in this episode there's a lot for being like what 22 minutes long or something mm-hmm. yeah um i think that the inception stuff is really good as jeff alluded to and the way they make fun of his inception like it and, doesn't
2: need to make sense yeah and especially when you get to the freddy Krueger parody yeah mm-hmm. scary terry i yeah. thought that was really funny like freddy's always getting in people's dreams but what happens when you get in his dreams yeah i have to say like
0: you know when you're watching these tv shows alone i watch them like quint for some strange reason like early in the morning (laughs) i'm not like laughing out loud it's not like going to see a comedy in a theater Mm -hmm. the one time that i remember loling like like joyously hard was when we're inside scary terry scary terry's dream and he goes home to his family yeah (laughs) and she's like she's like not in front
2: of scary brandon
0: <laughs> i just i don't know why that just that took me off guard funny. but just the mundanity of his of his life the other yeah. thing
2: that i actually chuckled at and when they were in scary terry's dreams and he's back in school and he's in like scary class there's a poster <laughs> on the wall that says scary presidents and it's so funny <laughs> to me and it we, shouldn't be it's but it's hilarious
0: we should back up a little bit and give a little bit of a plot so as do Jeff, we have to i mean, as Jeff talked about, the basic goal is that they want to incept the idea into Rick's math teacher's head that he should give, or Morty's math teacher's head, that he
2: should give Morty better grades in math. So that Rick can take him on more adventures. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they, It's all self-serving. There's, there's, he's not yeah. looking out for Morty at all. At no, and all I
0: love, it's all for himself. And I love that, um, I mean, I think over the course of all four of these episodes, we watched six. <laughs> well, we watched four because I misunderstood. Mm, okay. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Continue. Uh, anyways, uh, we haven't really seen any of Rick's missions be as of dire a consequence as he alludes to them being. Like he says that uh, they they need to work together to like save the universe and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he just talks about how important it is. But so far, like in episode one. Um, the goal was to steal seeds that may or not may not have been just to get Rick high. Mm-hmm. And then in episode two, it's to get Morty's math teacher to give him better grades so that they can keep going on these adventures. Mm-hmm. And as we see like in upcoming episodes, they're pretty self-serving. These missions, oh, yeah. which I just thought was like a little funny thing. One but- of the
2: things that I actually laughed out loud at because like Dan said, there's not a lot of like riotous laughter Um, when Snuffle's starts to speak in his robot, his new robot body. And he tells summer, which is uh Morty's sister, that his new name is snowball. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because snowball is a slave name. Yeah. Yeah. That was and, um, great. And, and would, then out of every name he could have chosen. And he just hovers over her and he goes, where are my testicles summer? My <laughs> testicles, where are my testicles? And that's a recurring bit too. There's like a dumpster full of human testicles. Yeah. That they yeah. Dump out mm-hmm. Cause they're, I thought that was very funny.
1: Yeah. That entire episode, I think it's good. It's definitely one of the big ones. And, as you'll probably notice with the rest of these episodes, too, there are no dogs in the world. Oh, which really? Is like, yeah, it's like a weird continuity thing. They keep continuity very good in that Yeah, because
0: what you're alluding to is at the end of the episode, the dogs, they incept into the idea of, into Snowball's dreams, the idea that nothing good is going to come from them taking over the world. So all the dogs decided to leave Earth and colonize a new planet. Yeah.
2: I mean, I would have never noticed in a cartoon that the dogs either. missing anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, We should touch on one of the weirder moments of the episode, too, which is the whole sex dungeon thing, which is inside the dream of Mrs. Pancakes or whatever the flight attendant's name is. So we're in a dream within a dream, basically. And it's this weird sex dungeon where there are all these weird creatures and stuff. And for some reason, Morty's sister, Summer, (laughs) is there coming on to them as like a dominatrix. Yeah. And Rick is like, oh, no. He's like. Somewhere deep in the recesses of your math teacher's mind is an unhealthy attraction to your sister that he's buried within a dream within a dream.
1: Yeah, that's right. Good.
0: This is
2: throughout all six episodes that we watched
1: uh, <laughs> that Jeff and I watched. There's,
2: there's a. Again, I think like sex jokes are very funny. I think jokes about genitals are hilarious. Poop is hilarious. All sorts of grotesque things. That I'm the audience for that. I think it's funny. It's not yeah. highbrow. I know that, but it's still funny. But there's a. There's a lot of uh, recurring pedophile jokes yeah. within this show. Mm. Um, and that's why I brought up the the breast squeezing um thing. And just like Dan said, lot of lot of jokes aimed at sexualizing children in this show.
0: And a lot of like weird calling attention to the anatomy of female cartoon characters. Like there's so many moments where they're accentuating the breasts of like the mom or like a girl that's inside the
2: anatomy park with, with Morty. Right, which, yeah. which I think could be more of just like a critique on the genre of animation. Yeah. than just like, I don't know. And I'm sure. And, and yeah. also
0: they're playing with the fact that Morty is a pubescent boy. Who's like always interested in girls.
2: Yeah. But and, it is and, just funny. And, that- I, and I get that. It's a play on back to the future. And like, it is kind of weird that this adult man is with this uh, child, but they, they take it to a next level that I think Goes past being funny mm. at, and then there's an episode that Dan didn't watch that we'll talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah. So apparently I screwed up, and I apologize. I so, did not um, realize that. You, you,
2: you talked about Anatomy Park. Let's just get into that.
0: Yeah, episode three. Uh, it's like Christmas with the Sanchez family, even though not all their last name is Sanchez, right? It's no, that's um, Rick's last. Rick's name. last name. Yeah. What's Morty's last name? It's something basic like Williams or something. Uh, Morty. I don't remember off the top of my head. Anyways. Yeah. They, um... They're trying to... Smith. Smith? Okay. So, uh... Morty's father... (laughs) Jerry... has decided that in order to celebrate Christmas properly, they should all put their devices away. And, uh... have some family fun. And it leads to crazy, wild antics. I thought... The... The... Whether it's the A storyline or the B storyline, the weirdness of, um jerry's parents coming and bringing their new friend ruben yeah. yeah that
2: was very awkward
0: that was like so funny and i was, was like what exactly is happening here <laughs> and then the other storyline <clears throat> is that rick wants morty's help to go inside it's a it's sort of like a parody of that movie inner space yeah he wants to go inside this like weird homeless santa claus guy mm-hmm. um who he's making a theme park inside his body that's called Anatomy Park. Yeah.
2: Which I thought was funny. It was like Interspace and Osmosis Jones had a weird fever baby. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, by the way, I actually misspoke. Reuben is the name of the weird homeless Santa guy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Jerry's parents are dating <laughs> Jacob okay there, yeah. there's
2: a lot in this episode that highlights what i like about the show it's really it's highly detailed 2d animation and it's really fluid mm-hmm. and you see that a lot inside the body when all like the viruses are these huge monsters and yeah they're doing some stuff and there's a lot of like grotesque imagery yeah there's this. a
0: reoccurring thing of creatures that have what appear to be testicles hanging from their chin have you noticed that? <laughs> I didn't notice Scares, that. And Scary like, Terry. Like when and when then they like, pout, their lips look like lady parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the uh, monsters inside Reuben have like weird like dangly balls on their chin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I liked everything inside the anatomy park and Rick's obsession with the... Uh, pancreas pirates or whatever pirates of the pancreas And i like how
2: this is like rick's friend they serve together in a war or something like that like (laughs) well that's what you assume but he he keeps shouting out random wars (laughs) he was like and like korea like (laughs) world heart pearl harbor (laughs) he he dies and he just doesn't care yeah (laughs) and i thought the funniest part like um in this episode that actually made me laugh out loud is when they shoot him into space and he like grows and he's covering America. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like the size of the country and you can see him from everywhere. And then uh, over Colorado, there's like this guy in the woods and you see the shadow of his wiener. Yeah. And he like (laughs) screams and runs away from the camera. (laughs) And just like the, the timing in that was so good. It's, it's not like uh, there it's impossible to be funny in animation, but this, that highlighted, comic timing and animation perfectly for me yeah that was a good gag
0: of not seeing but there was also a really good gag that was sort of underplayed of actually seeing the detail which was in new york city when they just showed the view and it was just an extreme close-up of these bloodshot corpse eyes and like a bloated (laughs) like drunks like old man nose, john
2: k ren and stimpy stuff oh yeah it was so good and spongebob uh, does that a
1: lot too. it just
0: reminded me of like a really creepy messed up like macy's thanksgiving day parade
1: yeah but, um... I thought John Oliver was pretty good in this, Oh, too.
0: yeah. I, I wrote that down. Dr. Xenon Bloom. Yeah. The voice acting, like, some of the guest stars is really good on this. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: David there, Cross is in the next episode.
1: He's
0: yeah, cool. there's some really funny stuff, too. Um, I like when, uh... I forget the character's name, but one of the people inside Anatomy Park gets his foot stuck in a machine in
1: front of the, uh, sphincter dam. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, tell my
0: wife I love her. And it just opens and he just drowned in poo.
1: I love um, when they're trying to escape and uh, Morty and the girl are making out. And then Rick was like, can you get to the left nipple? And then Morty goes, I'm trying to get to both.
2: (laughs) Yeah, And they shoot out the nipple hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's glorious.
0: Yeah. This was a funny episode overall. Um I thought the the ending was like super funny. I mean, we didn't even get to the stuff with Summer and her boyfriend and like the awkwardness at the Christmas. I mean, that was clearly like the the B storyline, but the way they resolved it with just like the family coming together and being okay with using devices as the world rains blood around them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "The news said everything's okay." Oh, okay. It's <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It just speaks to uh, where we've gone in society that it's just so much easier just to put your face in your phone or whatever. Oh, yeah.
2: The next and last episode that Dan watched. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalions. This was a funny Matrix parody.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I could see that. Um, Yep. Yep. So
2: the thing is like, so they're they're, they're living in in a simulation, guys.
0: Yeah. And uh, the Zygerians are doing this all because they want Rick's uh, formula for dark concentrated matter. dark matter, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. which the whole
2: episode could have been avoided if Rick just like gave it. To so them. like the only people in the simulation are Rick Morty and the dad, which was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and it's really funny because he doesn't know he's in a simulation. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite part is when he's driving to work and yep. he turns <laughs> on the radio and they're like, this is human music. <laughs> Doop. <boop. laughs> Beep. yeah it's Oop, like three notes do. and he's like huh i like this hmm, human
0: music he's yeah. so dumb like it's so good that i love watching all the glitches in the simulation for him my What when,
2: when the mailman yeah, yeah. he's like yeah.
0: my man and then he glitches into a tree <laughs> well they they tell him like when the aliens are talking they're like oh like obviously they didn't intend to get jerry it was an accident yeah, yeah. so they're like uh Limit the processing to his simulation to like fifteen percent or whatever. Yeah. So it's so basically when he's driving, all the stores are repeating, and he's just completely oblivious. Yeah. It's So
1: good. And then he has to give a presentation too, and then uh, it's like a really bad presentation to About like uh, sell apple sell yeah. apples. And he's like, his tagline
0: is "Hungry for apples." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the... he's like, "I'm a fraud. It's a ripoff of Got Milk." <laughs> so good. He's. I think it's great that um this simulation which was done so poorly and was clearly an accident was
2: the best day of his life yeah. <laughs> i'm going to go home and make love to my wife yeah
0: he's like that was the best sex we ever had more than i deserve <laughs> yeah and he has this existential crisis where he, he even in this reality where literally like anything he wants can happen cuz people just
2: say yes to him he still fails
0: yeah he yeah. still uh has this existential crisis over whether or not he's a fraud or whether he deserves it it was good
2: and then when so this is kind of like inception too there's simulations and simulations yeah and then morty's trying to tell rick that everything's fine they're finally home and then a pop tart is driving a toaster car <laughs> and rick is like have you ever seen that morty have you
0: <laughs> and his explanation of why it's ridiculous he's like yeah.
2: Would you drive a car that looks like a
0: smaller version of your house on wheels? (laughs) It's like, why would a Pop-Tart even live in a house? Or in in a toaster. toaster. It's the most dangerous place for him.
1: There's a lot of really good gags in the show.
0: Yeah. So episode five, I, um, let's see if, how can I say this without spoiling? Well, I'll just say it since I messed up and didn't watch, I actually did start episode five. So you can kind of guess that I've been enjoying. I thought I only was required to watch four episodes, but I did start episode five, but you guys take the lead on this one. I'll just jump in when I can.
2: Um, me seeks and destroy. Um, I, I hated this entire episode. Really? Like the, the me seeks were like these genies kind of that grant a wish. Mm. And then like, once they fulfill a wish they die yeah and they they couldn't get morty's dad to like do this golf move that he wanted to do so there's like a million of these little genies around and they like they just want to die and um they're they're really annoying uh gratingly annoying like it, it was even the funny stuff which i don't really remember i didn't take highly detailed notes was just not I, I couldn't get into it because I was just like, I want this episode to be over. <laughs> mm. I yeah. hate it. And like, I've seen this character before. I've heard the name. I know it's like popular. Yeah, I've seen shirts with like a million me seeks all over them.
1: I will say, um, I think this episode is a little overrated. I liked it when I first watched it, but rewatching it, it does get pretty great.
2: Yeah, and they, they kept saying rope me into, and I was like, eh, <laughs> you're not roping me into this one boys.
1: I, I didn't get through the whole episode yet. Um,
0: I didn't find them as annoying as Jeff did, but, I don't know if it was like I didn't realize that it was a highly loved episode, and from mm. what I've seen, I don't know if it really warrants that.
1: Yeah,
2: the B story was kind of like a D and D fantasy kind of
1: thing. Mm. That was this episode, right? Uh, yes, yes, it was.
2: Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Um, but at the end, uh, the King Jellybean guy is trying to rape a fourteen-year-old boy. I didn't get there, and it it got pretty graphic, and Morty ends up bludgeoning him to death in a bathroom and like the animation's good it's really detailed mm-hmm. but it was uh it wasn't disturbing. funny yeah it was it, it was that thing where it's like they took an idea of like they could have had a creepy jellybean guy like make eyes with morty and i am been like oh that's weird but they like they went all out and it's not like something you just film for three seconds like you have to animate it people yeah. take a lot of time and animation costs money and then at the end they um the public builds like the statue to the jelly bean king guy. And there's like a statue of a little boy in front of him, And then somebody, a townsperson runs up with like these photos that are probably incriminating. They're like we found this under his bed or in his mm-hmm. closet. And then the guy's like, destroy them. What they won't know won't hurt them. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, that's, that's sad because like that happens in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with uh Jeffrey Epstein stuff going on lately. Yeah. Well, like it was, it wasn't funny to me. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I get that it wasn't funny to me either. I think it is a joke they took too far. Like, um, yeah,
2: I, I get the joke, but yeah, it's I can
0: not imagine. <laughs> like I said, I haven't seen this part, but based on how you're describing it, I can imagine that some of the uh, not as cool fans that
2: we talked about in the first half of this episode probably mm-hmm. love this stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot Jimmy you said that. So Dan liked the first four episodes so much he watched ten minutes of the next episode and stopped. <laughs> I
0: I thought I was required to watch four. I don't know how I screwed it up. I apologize.
1: That's fine. It's the first time we've had a mix up like this. That's fine. Uh, so then we get to episode six which Wait, is
2: which i think i've seen before because i kind of remember everybody turning into a praying mantis
0: yeah um uh, morty i could be a real jerk right now and be like guys no spoilers i haven't seen it but i'll <laughs> okay. let i'll let you
2: continue um uh, morty wants rick to give him a love potion because he wants to go on a date with jessica, jessica believe, yeah um who was in the first episode oh is this the Did girl go from go his math dance? class that he has yes. a crush on the redhead yes yes yeah so they they get this potion and then uh everybody gets infected with it and everybody falls in love with morty like everybody yeah guys girls adults his family it's a lot more of this like let's go to the 14 year old for <laughs> our sexual desires um so it's it's pretty funny but and then eventually everybody gets sprayed with this, uh, Rick sprays them with like this chemical that turns them into praying mantises because like they're the ultimate lovers. They're just utilitarian. They <laughs> they do what they need to do and then cut their lover's head off and that's it. But things go wrong. They turn into praying mantises. It's grotesque. People are dying. Um, it's It's so extreme. I think the extremity of it is funny. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing inherently funny about watching animated praying mantises kill each other. <laughs> But it's just so extreme from the absurdity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, This episode, too, I thought was pretty good, too, because it does go as far as it can. Whereas last episode, it did go pretty far, and I don't think it really needed to. But uh, this episode, it it pretty much happens that Rick ran out of options. He didn't know what to do other than. So basically, um, Rick was like, all right, I got to find a solution. And he was like, all right, I'm going to go scouting. So, basically, what happens is that um, we see Rick and Morty uh, come back from the, uh, whatchamacallit, from, like, the incident, and he was like, oh, man, Rick, I'm I'm happy you finished, uh, you were able to cure everybody. He was like, yeah, Morty, so I'm gonna uh, fix this thing I was working on, and then we can get on to our usual adventures, and then they both die.
2: Yeah, so they both, like, they actually die. Yeah. And then an alternate Rick and Morty take their place, because their world was destroyed. Oh, that's yes. weird. So, like, moving forward, it's just them living in this world. And like Jimmy
1: said... It's the Rick and Morty from the what we've been watching go right. into an alternate universe where basically everything is the same except Rick and Morty figured it out, but then they died. Because oh. there's an infinite amount of universe. So
0: the Rick and Morty that you've been watching for this episode has actually been an
2: alternate universe one. No. No, that's the real one, but they messed up the world so badly and couldn't fix it. They went to an alternate universe where Rick and Morty just died and then they lived oh. there. So moving forward, the you. universe is alternate and they but have it's to the bury same Rick themselves. And Morty. Yeah. And um yeah.
1: That's weird. Yeah. And I'm, then I'm, I'm interested to see that. That comes into play throughout the rest of the series like uh Jeff, that's I'm assuming this is where you finished. Um
2: Uh I I watched more because I was bored.
1: Oh, but we'll,
2: I don't know if we'll see if I was talked into okay. it or not. But yeah, going forward, it does, yeah, it, it, does. it does come up, and I was like, oh yeah, Jimmy was right. Like you have to watch these in order. Yeah, it's weird because a show like this usually don't. Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: heard the same thing from um from someone who's a big fan of this show was like, and we'll get. I, I mean, I guess maybe this is a nice place to transition to like overall thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Jimmy sort of described it and so did this other person that I was talking to as an animated sitcom. And I think that really is the best way to look at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the way the storytelling works is much more like a traditional like situation comedy. Yeah. Um, however, because it's animated, they're able to like really mess with the absurd absurd humor and like off-the-wall situations and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun to play with. Jeff, do you have any overall thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, everything I've already said... Which is something I say in this podcast a lot. Um, <laughs> I've noticed that too. You but need to it's save
0: fine. save some stuff for the. Edge. <laughs> I can't save
2: it. I gotta let it out. Um, great animation, mm-hmm. very fluid. Uh, great art style, even like the weird little squiggly pupils. It's like it's yeah. something small, but it's not distracting. I,
0: I want to jump in here too because something that you brought up earlier, even though it doesn't look like Ren and Stimpy, it reminds me of Ren and Stimpy. That it's so unique, and they're willing that. to like. Ben genres and stuff like that right so they do all the normal things that you want to see from animation like like Jeff said it's fluid you're able to grasp what's going on um the action looks good the character design is funny and interesting but they're also like they're doing some unique things like a la Run and Stimpy um that, that that you don't have to do like some interesting camera angles and I don't know it just has a little bit more of a like an auteur's eye than most animated shows Mm -hmm. like there's a sequence in the episode with the giant santa we mentioned with the santa floating in the sky but then later even the way the the blood raining down is shown is cool like the family's in the living room yeah and you see it all hitting the glass door until it like basically blacks out the family well reds out the whole glass door is covered in -hmm. in blood so sorry to interrupt but i i agree with you the animation was really good
2: and i like how they take these big sci-fi ideas that can be very serious, yeah. and they they make them their own and make them fun. Like a, a and they little, put them
1: in a little cute package.
2: Yeah, it's a little twist on these ideas that a lot of, them, like, all these episodes, like even Lawnmower Dog, that's a play on Lawnmower Man, which was yeah. a movie that I watched as a kid 400,000 times because I had a VHS copy mm-hmm. of it.
0: Which is another one of those things that is weirdly based on a Stephen King short story that people was don't realize. Yeah, yeah.
2: see, okay. I didn't realize it. <laughs> watched Lawnmower Man 2. Well, not good either, (laughs) but I still watched
0: it. So like what you said they're and Jimmy references in the first half of the episode, they're able to introduce like, quote unquote, hard sci fi ideas into this like fun animation story. But they're also able to poke fun at some some Genre of the uh, stuff. yeah some of yeah. the um, like cliches of their own
2: because even things we like we we recognize how silly a lot of them are oh yeah, yeah. and that's what's fun and
0: some about of, it. that's some of the stuff that struck me the most like was some of the jokes about Inception and some of the parodies that reminded me of the Matrix and, and obviously the big one Back to the Future Back to the Future and I also loved um like I said I think probably one of my favorite moments of the episodes I watched. Was Morty shooting those weird insectoid aliens and then like (laughs) screaming out? And the blood was really graphic. And that totally pokes fun at this idea of like, you know, faceless villains that it's okay to kill them. Well, it's the
2: whole clerk stormtroopers on a Death Star thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole
1: argument. Yeah. So, anywho, so I have a question for you guys. And um, I'm very interested in this one. I think I know how this is going to go, but I'm not sure. Dan and Jeff, did I talk you into. Rick and morty yes Yes. wow jeff is a yes i this
2: is this is one of the examples it's only happened to me a few times on the show where i was either unsure or a no and i came into recording and it got turned into a yes that's Mm. called
0: pulling a jimmy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do that a lot
2: (laughs) yeah um i mean like so when i got here today before we recorded i was like I don't know like it's it's good but there's still a lot of that stuff I didn't like it's still pretty mm-hmm. annoying um will I actually sit down and watch all of this who knows I don't know but talking about it and especially hearing Dan's excitement got me got <laughs> me a little more excited and I did watch more episodes just because like I didn't have anything to do mm-hmm. and one of my favorite episodes was actually later it was the one where they were watching uh TV shows oh intergalactic on TV yeah th- that, that episode it's a fully was...
1: improvised episode Dan really yeah, I don't even Ooh. know that part. I don't know. I, don't, I think some of it is scripted, but the majority of it is fully improvised. Wow. It Jeff was, just peed a little when you said it that. It was
2: so funny.
1: Yeah, like it was. They really do a few good. episodes like that.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah, it's a yes for me. For first off, to backtrack, you know, in the first half of the episode, we talked about um, what level of exposure we had had, mm-hmm. and I, I said I watched a few episodes throughout the years. I didn't realize that I had only watched two episodes. Yeah. I definitely remembered a lot from those two episodes. And as soon as I hit episode three, I, I realized I hadn't seen any more than that. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked episode three and four a lot. Um, So there's a few little things to factor into whether I was going to say yes or no. I almost didn't get talked into it because
2: I hate the Hulu presentation. Um, I'm so glad you didn't oh, take that yeah. into account because like I hate it too, but it's what we got. And for... All the episodes I watched, all but two, gave me the option to watch a one-minute commercial at the beginning, and yeah, then same. No more. And it was
0: better once I got to that. Um, and I am thinking of upgrading to commercial-free Hulu, so that could help. It's worth
1: it, in my opinion.
0: But uh, also, just the fact that there's not a lot to catch up on. No. The fourth season is it's dropping out. Very like right after this episode. Yep. So, I mean, this is something that I could watch like in bed like as I fall asleep. You don't mm-hmm. have to be super... Like with these, I was really paying attention and taking notes. But in the future, when I'm watching it my like leisure, it's just a fun little thing to have on. Like, yeah. um, especially without commercials, nice 20, 22 minute episodes. I think I could definitely see myself catching up on this.
2: Oh, that's great! I'm glad and you guys I, like it. And I love pickles, so I'm excited. Oh yeah, you I got just want to know what coming. that is. I I've been <laughs> pretty spoiler free on this. Like, I don't know what Pickle Rick is. I just know Pickle Rick is a thing. My yeah. last job, I had a sell some rick and morty stuff so Mm -hmm. like i've seen a lot of these characters but like i don't know how he turns into a pickle or why same Uh i i know things just because everyone outside of this room we've seen the funko pops are everywhere
0: everyone outside of this room that i'm friends
1: with loves rick and morty yeah i only have um i have very few funko pops because i think they're stupid but i had to buy these um but i have one rick and morty one and it's just jerry that's all I have, just because I think it's funny. That's good. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's like my favorite character. So in that's show. another
0: thing that I was gonna say in the overall thoughts, and I forgot to get to is, um, some of the guest voice stars are so good. Yeah, like they are. John Oliver is so funny. Yeah, Chris David Cross not is not a guest, but he's great. Yeah. David Cross is great. Like there's that whole bit with David Cross and his doctor's appointment for his discolored
1: anal flaps. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that's right i forgot about he's like no
0: everything's fine you can cancel
1: that
2: (laughs) appointment actually don't cancel it in fact move it up (laughs) yeah so jimmy we're going from the wild and absurd yeah to the downtrodden oh real life woes
1: what you giving me guys
2: of a man in alabama dan and i are going to talk you into a podcast called s town which is short for shit town Oh. Um, have you ever heard of
1: this? I have heard of this. I think you guys talked about it on the conspiracy theory episode.
2: Yeah, we might have brought it up. It's a it's a quick seven episode hour long each podcast mm. um, about a guy, John B from Alabama who contacts a reporter from uh, this American life, this American life, which is like yep. NPR from New York City. You know, this this big guy about liberal coastal elite about, <laughs> A lot of bad stuff that's going on in alabama and they eventually get in contact with each other and he visits john and then
0: weirdness crazy ensues. stuff
2: goes on okay and i'm only gonna have you listen to two episodes okay they're so dense and it goes off into these crazy places that i think seven episodes for our show is a little a too lot. much so I just want to, I want you to, I want to introduce you to John B and his ideas and his world and, um, see if you're going to finish, uh, the podcast.
1: Yeah. Interesting. And I want you to like it (laughs) (laughs) because it was good. Well, that sounds great. But, you know, in the meantime, Dan, where can people find the show online?
0: Uh, you could find us at www.talkmeinto.com
1: What does that www stand for? Um, what we're watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> that this whole time.
2: Yeah. What <laughs> I, did you think it said for? I thought it was World Wide Web.
0: Web. What is this like a spider's nest? Yeah,
2: I love spiders. Um, I eat a spider cereal.
0: Yeah, we're on Twitter under the name um, Adaskon. Talk me into. Oh, you remembered. Yeah. Uh, we're on. We're on the Facebooks. We're on the, all that stuff. Um you can also email us if you feel so inclined at talkmeinto at gmail.com. Nice. And personally, yeah. you can find me on the Twits at Danny the twits the twats and the tweets at danny underscore
1: breakdown what
2: about the twonks don't no don't look for dan on the twats no
1: jimmy where can people find you they can find me on the twonks at son of a fitch s-o-n-n-e-v-a-f-i-t-c-h that's when you mix a twink and a twonk (laughs) apparently according to it's always sunny in philadelphia i think the twonk is a mix of something
0: a
2: twink reason. and a hunk. Oh, okay. Good try, though. <laughs> Jeff, where can people find
1: you online?
2: You can find me on the twat twink uh, Twitter at two Seven? You put them up. Yeah, I think there was five Fs in there. I slowed down because math is very difficult. And you can find all of us on Patreon.com slash TalkingInto. There's a lot of audio from our past. It's
1: Jeff's baby.
2: There's some videos from our past coming up. Yeah. Which is,
0: uh, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll I saw that. that. There's it's... some videos from our future. Whoa. Whoa.
2: There's a lot of fun stuff. It's cheap. Just go check it out. Do it for a month if you're poor like us.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk to you into next? Highly produced podcasts. Find uh a random fact real quick.
2: Jesus, titty in <laughs> Christ. It's from Team America. <laughs> On the Lord's Day? <laughs> Every day is the Lord's Day. Um,
1: all right, I did that.
0: Five, four, three,
1: two, one. All right, I got it. Ow uh who wants to bring this one in
2: what are we doing
1: i can talking Talking ourselves ourselves into oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i only have one left i need to think of something before we record the next part
2: i came up with four because i did my job ready
1: (laughs) ready yeah yeah i'm ready how to store comics
0: differently and someone got those fucking like magazine holders for um like bookcases and like label them with what it is and then put the individual issues in there. That's cool. So you could put them on a books bookshelf and I might do that because the stuff I'm going to save is all going to be like self-contained storylines and stuff too.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah I like saved like all you my go to the grocery stuff
2: store. too, I like gotcha. my Daredevil volume two, Wait, Powers. What, what grocery store?
1: Like if you're getting a No, you're a thinking about a, a spinner rack. No, not the spinner rack. Oh. Like if you're going to like a stop and shop and they have magazines in the rack. Or no, not, the not rack, that. But, uh, No, that's not what I'm well, talking like at about. Like a
2: Barnes and Noble kind of.
0: No, none of those is what I'm talking We're
2: about. We're all describing magazine racks. How many magazine yeah, racks? Are it's out?
0: not a magazine rack. It's a magazine holder. Hold on. It's cool. They're usually made of cardboard. Once you see the image, you'll be like, oh, that.
2: Rick and Murphy.
0: <laughs> Smith and Murky. Murkin. Can you see that from there?
2: Oh, those. I don't know those are called magazine holders.
0: Okay,
1: I got I, you. I would just call those
0: like... I wouldn't get those shitty clear plastic ones. I would get like nice black ones, but...
2: Yeah, nice and black. Just like I like them. Ready when you guys are. I'm waiting for Jimmy. <clears throat> Jimmy's got to bring us in.
1: All right. I got to uh, get some dates real quick. Not Rick and Morty dates, but... Uh... Do, do, do. Rick and Morty. <laughs> House of the Cosby's. It's pretty good all right
0: <laughs> jim you want to start this one off since it's rick and morty sure I'm supposed to, you,
2: i'll let it go i'm i'm gonna drop it
0: <laughs> isn't that the pattern no nope. the don't. pattern
2: is whoever's topic it is when we come back to talk about it the second time whoever is getting talked into brings it up that's how it's been for like 30 40
0: episodes oh, i can't keep track so who who should be starting it then? me or you okay so start it I don't care. I just no, I know, I thought like, I had the pattern figured out and I apparently no, was wrong. No.
2: I mean, it's not like a, it doesn't matter. No. But It's just what we've been doing. I'm sure there's nobody out there that's ever noticed. All right, guys, you ready? Yeah. Richard Morty, which is what I'm now calling Rick and Morty. What are you doing?
0: What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we're not doing first halves. Jesus. That's dude. why I was
2: thrown off because I was thinking. shit. <laughs>
0: got it wow i need to pull up my notes we're
2: never recording at nighttime again (laughs) it's 10 in the morning for those who don't know
0: that's gonna be in the end of this episode hold on let me pull up my notes (laughs) i was all set to do like a random fact
2: no that's why i didn't know what you were talking about random facts for i thought you meant like s or
0: um i don't know